today I have invited the lady who just wanted us to wake up a little. Let's welcome the Eurovision legend Lil Lindfors. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm just fine. It's a beautiful morning. I am at the uh, island Öland because of the corona time. I'm stuck here in a way. But yeah. it's a beautiful morning. I just had a walk with a dog. And I fed the hens. So that was my morning. You are born in Finland during the yes. Second World War. Tell me, how was your childhood? When I look at it as a grown-up now, I can see it must have been an exciting time. But for children, when you're a child, now Helsinki wasn't, wasn't so badly bombed. Uh, but uh, we had every now and then. I was eight years when we moved to to Sweden because my father had a got a work in Stockholm. In Sweden, there was you could buy bananas. I remember that. Oh, they have bananas in Stockholm, <laughs> and they had goodies. You could buy sweet things. We didn't have. You couldn't buy. It was sort of a limited amount of sugar in Finland. You know, you couldn't buy as much as you wanted. Food and things. It was restricted. Yeah. So when we moved to when my parents said that we would move to Sweden, I thought it was we would move to paradise because they had sweets. You know, <laughs> so it's it's a question of when you're a child you, you stick to certain values. Yeah. When did music come into your life? When I was born, because my father used to play the guitar or lute, I don't know if that's in English. A big uh, a guitar with bass strings and sang songs and funny songs. My father had a lot of humor. And uh, my mother played the piano, classical music. So I had both from the beginning when I was born. I was surrounded by music. You made your record debut in 1961. And from what I understand, you did not want to sing Schlagers. No, to me, Schlagers was like Herz and Schmerz. And <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of in, more interested in uh, little different lyrics or humorous lyrics. So. But what I meant by Schlagers is a very simple lyrics. And I still think it's kind of more interesting if there are lyrics that you can act with. Because I started being, I, I played review and then I played musical. I played pajama game, and I later on also played uh, Anita with a story. And I was sort of kind of more more concentrated on theater by that time. But anyway, it, well, what is a schlag? If it's a good schlag, then it's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, and in 1966, you took part in the Swedish pre-selection Melody Festivalen, or as you said mm -hmm. in that time, Svensk Song Festival, together mm -hmm. with Svante Tureson. Was yes. this the first time you were asked to compete? Yes, it was the first time, and that those lyrics are very funny, good lyrics. It was very modern, I would call it. Det 
vilken schysst mamsell du verkar vara Titta vilken klänning, jättekläm er är maskerada Stick iväg från stigen, du var migen osedvall i lurk Jag är prinsessa, ganska så stiv Jag heter kunigunda, konungen I thought it was exciting because it's different also. And I, I talked about acting before lyrics that you can act with. And that is very special. We could act with that song. It's very, very special. It's different, I would say, to other songs that we're participating. So, uh, yeah, so I said yes, I will. And in the pre-selection, 10 songs competed. And Svante Thurson actually competed with two songs this night. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. I've that. Uh, it was a song called Hey Sistrar, Hey Brother. It ended up in a seventh uh-huh. place. At the same time? Yeah. It ended up in... In a seventh place. Hey Sistrar, Hey Brother. Ni unga i vart land Sträckit neven över gränsen Och häng med sen hand i hand En lång dans av miljoner Genom slott och parlament Bör väl visa dem som styr att något hänt Hej syster, hej bröder Det räcker det med prat Alla de som bara grela Kan väl göra det privat Vi unga vi What are your memories from this pre-selection, Lil? I don't remember much <laughs> From the pre-selection, I don't It was fun doing it And then we won Yeah. And then, uh, and then we were sent to Luxembourg. Exactly. I wonder one thing, because when I listen to older songs, I find that songs were much jazzier back then in the Melodifestivalen. Was this the typical genre for the show, like Schlagers later became? I, I don't know. I couldn't tell, actually. I think I, the only thing I know that it's the song that Svante and I sang was different to all the other songs. Yeah. I don't consider it so jazzy. Maybe it was jazzy, yeah. But I I don't consider other at the, the times were jazzier. I don't know. I never thought about it actually. You won big in Sweden and went to Luxembourg and I heard a rumor that the orchestra drummer did not know how to play jazz waltz and that Svante had to teach him. Yes, Svante, he, at that time he used to play drums. So, of course, he had the different sort of, he was very, he knew that type of music, like a jazz waltz. Maybe he did uh, did teach the orchestra, I don't remember, <laughs> but he might have done that. Uh, it was a style of music that he was very familiar with. Do you remember uh-huh. if you had any favorite among your competitors in Luxembourg? I would say it's too far away from memory. I don't remember much. What I remember from Luxembourg, Svante and I felt like coming from the countryside. All the other singers and, and artists, singers, they had, you know, whole uh, uh, portefeuille with pictures, records, uh, well prepared for the big finale. I remember, and Svante and I wouldn't have anything. We didn't have uh, autograph pictures or things like that. We weren't that professional. 
And I really remember it as being a bit of shame, ashamed that I didn't bring a folder with material with the CIV and pictures and record. And, you know, so that's what I learned from Luxembourg. I went back and came back to Stockholm to my record company and said, I think we should do a folder with information uh, about me, with press photos, maybe an example of that song. And that that happened. That taught me, Luxembourg time taught me how to be a professional <laughs> singer or artist. What was a problem was that we wanted to record the Svante was at one record company, was working for one record company, and I was working for another. And they didn't let us, they couldn't communicate and let us record the song together. So I recorded the song with Östen Varnebring was his name. We did this song together and Svante recorded the song with a so that was a problem that we couldn't give it out together. Then we did later on, we did the show together, Svante and I. Then we could record the show. At last we sang it, <laughs> sang the song together, recorded the song together. But it took some time. Yeah, but you have never released any studio version of the song, only a live version. Only a live version, yeah. yeah. No studio version. That was a pity, I think. Udo Jürgens from Austria won with the song Merci Cherie and you got a second place, mm-hmm. which still is Sweden's yes. only second place in the competition. Is it? Yeah. Oh, but I think that was because all the Scandinavian countries voted for us because it was such a different song. So, I mean, it, was never, it, it wasn't a world hit, but it was a funny. Do you remember who came third? No, I remember Jürgens, because I had been working a lot in Germany, but I don't remember the rest. Third came Åse Cleveland. That's right, Åse Cleveland was third. Yeah. Now when you say it, I remember because I have met her several times. Jag vet om en gammel man, en som har levt länge. Jag vet om en gammel man. Som har levt länge Han är så snill när han spör mig Och vad som har hänt mig Om solen har bränt mig And she was later, she was, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, the host. The host. Yeah, that's right. And I will actually talk to Åsa Cleveland in my next episode. Oh, give her my best regards. Yeah, I promise. Yes, too. When you came back to Sweden... Do you remember how you were received? I mean, before you, it was only Alice Bubs in 1958 that had earned a decent place in the contest for Sweden. I don't, not as I see it now, I don't, I didn't think about it. I was, I was more concerned about getting this folder, professional folder with material. It was fun because that led to that I, I was asked to go to Brazil. Bengt Arnvalin and I uh, were asked to go and participate in a festival, song festival, in Rio. Yeah. The year after, I would say it is. 
and that was the reason that we came second in uh, on second place in Luxembourg, I guess they that's the reason they invited us. And Bengt Arnevalin wrote a new song for me to participate with. And the same year, you released a cover of the song Just Like a Man. And I believe very many people in Sweden connects you with this song. In fact, most people probably don't even know that it was a cover. I guess, you know, yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> That's right. And nearly 50 years later, the great singer Agnes covered your version of the song in the Swedish TV show So Mycket Better. Yes. And yes. the song went up to the charts again in Sweden. Yeah. fun song and it's a lovely song yeah little little ironical with all the discussions about feminism yeah that's right was that the same yeah it was the same i covered yeah you're right i you... really have to go back in my brain to <laughs> it's so such a long time ago you released some songs in german and english in the 60s tell me was the goal to have a successful international career Well, I was. I worked a lot in Germany, and I even eventually did one of my shows translated to German. Of course, as a young woman, I I thought it was exciting. I just, but I didn't really. I was asked to come to the States, and there they commented my my front teeth, which is kind of I don't know. They said, everything uh, was near. I don't know what sneer is <laughs> in English. They were oblique. Ah, uh-huh. okay. They were, I mean, my front teeth were in perfect. So they said they would change and they could build another <laughs> other kind of teeth. And then I thought, no, no one's going to change me that way. <laughs> I, st- I stand up for my own personality. Good. I was dependent on my own language when I did uh, shows. I've always worked, mostly worked in Sweden and in Scandinavia. I worked a lot in Denmark and Norway and Finland too. Then I always could use my own Swedish language, which was... This is going back like this with you. (laughs) It's really exciting what comes up. I had studied German in school, so I was pretty good at speaking German. I did mostly, I did a lot in German, really. Don't stop, don't stop the slop. Don't stop, don't stop the slop. Don't stop, don't stop the slop. Don't stop. 
Don't you stop that slop Alles, was ich sonst nicht haben kann Ist das, was ich jetzt spür Wenn du nicht bei mir bist Dann denk ich, du vergisst das Wiedersehen Es ist so wunderbar, so schön zu zweit Doch ich hab Angst, es könnte Have you been offered to compete for other countries in Eurovision, like Germany, Luxembourg, or Finland, perhaps? No, no. Never? No, never. In 1984, three happy Swedish guys in golden shoes won the Eurovision Song Contest, and the competition went to Sweden the year after. And you were asked to host it, which you initially turned down. I did. (laughs) Good to let me know. Do you remember how come they asked you? I don't know how come they asked me. My work, when I look back at back what I've been doing over the years, is that I've done a lot of different things. I've been doing television, I've been a musical, I've been doing as a very... I wasn't only a singer, an actress in the theatre. I did my own... I worked with my own shows. So I guess maybe they, maybe they thought I was good at speaking. Uh, I don't know the reason why they asked. Maybe they believed in me. Evidently, they did. And I know that you asked our mutual friend Susanne Wigfors to write mm. English lyrics for your hit song Musik ska byggas ut av glädje for yeah. you to perform in the opening of the show. Yes, I thought about it. If, if you want me to host the show, then I'd like to sing a song myself. Uh, as I was a singer, then I thought I could... I could also use a song. I'd like to sing a song. That was my uh, well idea. And then I asked Susanne Wigfors to translate one of my songs, that one of the popular songs, a song that I I didn't write the lyrics, but I I wrote the music. It was a song of my own. So I I thought it was a good idea to open the show that way because it's all about music. Yeah. And I thought that was. Uh, very convenient for this opening. A is building bricks of music and music's building me a home. Our voices are moving into music cause joy is always happier in song. My house is built from joy and music and that's the way a house should be. A swinging bar makes everything amusing so come in and join the and Susanne Vigfort did a very good translation. Yeah, and Susanne later wrote English lyrics for more of your old hit songs. Yeah, she, she did uh, several very yeah. good translations. Yes.
we still are in touch with the others so well. Yeah, she's fantastic, I think. Yes, yeah, she's very good, very, very good. As we all know, you made a very big impression and shocked the whole of Europe when you dropped your skirt. They've got a knockabout sense of humor, the Swedes, haven't they? Oh, look! Very nice. Very nice. And now we're all plunged into the outer darkness again. I just wanted you to wake up. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that many people around you asked, aren't you worried? I just imagine something awful will happen. Was it because of this that you made sure that something did happen? That's right. People kept asking, aren't you nervous? Oh, aren't you nervous? Because it's a big, huge, enormous task to be a host for this Eurovision uh, finale. And what if anything happens? What if, you know, aren't you nervous? I, I think, and then I thought, maybe want something to happen. That is, like to have things happening unexpectedly. So uh, I thought about it for a while and I was a bit, of course I was nervous because uh, I thought it was a very big task for me. But, uh, and then I thought about it and what if suddenly my skirt gets, gets caught by a, a nail or something like that that would happen that would drip off. And I knew Krista Lindau is a, he's, he's a genius concerning uh, dresses that can be changed. I called Stian Previn, Gothenburg's television boss. I suggested this. What if I, in the second part, come forward and I get, I get stuck in a nail with a dress? The nail, the dress gets stuck in a nail. You know, something they build to stare or... And then I will, you know, with a few gestures, just change the whole dress. And he said, okay, do it. (laughs) And so we did it. We rehearsed it 12 o'clock at night and uh, rehearsed it properly. So it was a nylon thread that was uh, nested to my skirt. Skirt when that stretched out, there was a man sitting. I'm coming up the stairs, and down below is a man that worked there and was sitting holding this nylon thread. And when that was stretched out, then the skirt fell down, and it would look like if the dress was stuck in it and on the nail, I caught my skirt. Well, the rest you know because you've seen it, then I just put the dress together again, a new dress. <laughs> and that was, of course, people thought that was a, that it was a real accident. And I could hear the scream, the audience screaming when it happened. When we rehearsed it, well, very few people knew about what was going to happen because, we have, of course, we had to rehearse it properly with the cameras and... Uh, uh, how many steps, how long the thread should be, the nylon thread. Yeah, and that was very exciting. But it looked like it looked like an accident until I folded out a new dress. Well, I thought it was fun, and it also made me 
during the show less nervous because I was amusing my brain, like saying, uh, 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 you know, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Soon there will be something happening. And that made me kind of more relaxed. Yeah. And the guy who made the dress <laughs> yes. was Kristalinda, a fantastic uh, drag queen performer in After Dark. Yeah, that's right. He also participated in the Stroggy Festival. Now, he's a genius. He's, uh, I really admire him. Most people found the stunt hilarious, and it has gone mm. down as one of the really epic moments in the history of the contest. But not everyone were amused, and the executive no. supervisor, Frank Neuf, thought it was shameful and didn't want yes. to speak to you for the entire evening. That's right. He thought, how could I? He was really angry that I would joke about some, something so serious. He... Ironically, I'm saying. <laughs> Did he no, tell he didn't, you? No, to... he didn't talk to me. Not at all? He wasn't amused at all, no. He was really angry. He just said, I thought what you did was very shameful. And how did you respond on him saying that to you? Well, that was his opinion. So I just said, I don't think I said anything at all. Because of the fact that you didn't drop the skirt in the dress rehearsal, it became a rule. Lex Lindfors. Mm. I know. I know. People don't want... They don't want any surprises. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> no, but I can understand it. Because, it, I mean, people are also very ambitious and they want this to, the show to be perfect. And if this rule doesn't exist, then they uh, maybe people would uh, get the idea of doing something else. And yeah. Well, I can understand it. I ordered the dress rehearsal from the Swedish television for the purpose of research for this program. And I wonder how much of a script you had, because the dress rehearsal is very different from the final show. Uh, is it? Yeah. In what way? Because you don't say the same thing. Uh, it's like you don't have a script. No, I, you know, I improvised. Yeah. Uh, but I knew exactly what was I was going to do. Uh, that was for me, but I didn't want to... Well, I like to kind of Im improvise to, to certain degrees. But I, kn I knew exactly what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> what strikes me when watching you host the show is how extremely relaxed and on top of things you seem. And many fans consider you one of the best hosts in Eurovision history, partly because of this. Were you nervous? Of course I was nervous. But a waste, if you know what you're going to do, which I actually I knew, I knew the, how the program should, I mean, like I said before, I knew the different uh, parts of the show. 
uh, like rehearsed. It's a way I'm very nervous, but I, uh, I, I'm very, very good at keeping a straight face. Yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. It's a way of on stage when I'm once there and it works okay. Then I get less nervous, uh, but I was very nervous before I did this. I was very, very nervous, and I had a uh, uh, massage. I was very tense. I had a headache because of tension, Yeah. tension headache. So I was nervous, but I have kind of a style of going that uh, makes people think I'm not nervous at all. But I am. I wasn't very nervous. I have a task that I'm supposed to do, and I have to do it as good as I can, the best I can. It means I've thought it through very, very seriously, exactly how, why, uh, what can I do. I seem relaxed, but I'm very well prepared mentally. To my knowledge, which may be way too vast to be completely healthy, to be honest, you were the first host in Eurovision history who remained on stage during the performances. And the fact that you do large parts of the hosting sitting down is also rather unique. Were these your own ideas and decisions to do it like this? Uh, I think so. I think so. I like to be where I did if anything happened then I, I could be of help. I think it was my idea to stay on stage. I don't know. I don't remember how I thought. Another notable thing is your use of multiply languages when presenting the songs and speaking to the juries. Did you just learn some phrases by heart or do you actually speak all of those languages? I don't think I speak Turkish. I don't speak <laughs> Turkish. <laughs> But I've studied uh, I've studied uh, English, German, French, Spanish. Those languages were familiar to me. But not Turkish. I just I learned to say thank you in Turkish. Norway won with the song Ladesvinge. Did you have any personal favorite of the songs? I have to go back. And the, I'm sorry, I could, I should have done that before because I, of course, I when I go back and I have the whole, uh, whole program, then I will remember more than I remember now. But right now, I don't remember exactly all the songs I was very concentrated I think you do you sit and you think in advance what is my next step I sort of prepare myself for my next entrance yeah so I think I was so concentrated really concentrated on what I was supposed to do Uh, I can imagine. I, I, don't, I remember it. Let us swing it on the rock and roll. Let us swing it on the rock and roll. Let us swing it till the mist is uncontrolled. The other songs right now, when you you have to mention a few songs, and I can say that was a good one. But right now, I don't remember them. <laughs> I'm sorry. No worry. 
Svante Tureson took part in the Swedish pre-selection in 2007 with the song Första gången together with Anneli Rydé. And I know that many artists were asked to perform this song together with Svante. Among them were the multi-talented Regina Lund. But were you never considered to sing this song together with your old friend Svante? Not that I remember. Can you reveal any songs that you have turned down for Melodifestivalen? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell you anyway. <laughs> you <laughs> but, but there have been some some songs, I guess. Yes, there has been songs that I was offered, but I thought I'd done my share. That was finished in a way. I didn't. I didn't feel like going back to Melody Festival. I thought my my joke and my presence. I've done my share concerning Melody Festival. What are your opinions about the Eurovision today? Well, I think it has to do with the time in a way. It's very technical. Sometimes I there are lots of things happen happening around the singer, around the songs and the lighting and dancers and we're very impatient. We want things to happen fast, lots of things to happen. And to really dare to do a song straight up with the lovely words and the kind of intimate atmosphere, I think it lacks very much. Is it uh, too much thunder and lightning? Yeah, I would say so. To my taste, that's my taste. But I'm also... A person who's concerned about the words. Words are not that important nowadays. You mean the lyrics of the song? Yeah. Sweden has hosted the competition five more times. Do you have a favorite among the Swedish hosts? I remember Petra Mede because I like her very much. She has a kind of humor that attracts me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. We talked about me that I seem to be so relaxed. But she's also a person that seems to be relaxed and telling jokes and ironically. And she has lots of works with understatements. And I think Petameda is very, very good, very talented and very... I think she's the best of those I totally agree. I love her sense of humor, too. Yes. Yes. If Sweden would win next year, who do you think would be the best choice to host the contest? Oh, that's very hard. I think, uh, except for Peter Mede, I think you know, of Sarah Dawn Feiner, because she's been very good in So Låta. Yeah, the Swedish TV program. Yes, I think she's also a very talented person. What would be your advice to Sarah Donfiner if she would host the competition next year? 
Oh, I have no advice. It's, I think, uh, no, I have no advice. I think, I think those people are so talented themselves. They, they need no advice from me. Thank you so much, Lil, for this nice talk. Thank you for asking me. I'm sorry there were lots of things that I didn't remember. But I now, you know, probably during the day, my memory will come back. You know, my brain will start looking for answers at your questions because it takes like a process that goes through. So thank you very much for asking me. It is over 50 years ago, so I forgive you if you don't remember every little detail. <laughs> thank you very much. It will continue working on your questions or working on my answers. <laughs> so in a couple of years, so when we do a new program, then I can answer all the questions. Yeah, I'm <laughs> in. You are a true Eurovision legend, and I know that you forever will be remembered as the girl who lost her skirt. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Lots of people don't aren't remembered at all. So that makes me lucky to hear what you say. Yeah, and it was your idea. Tack. 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 Hey, hey. Hey, Emil. Hej då. Hej då.